Let us pray together. Gracious God, as we marvel again at the mystery of your coming to be with us in this little child and to show us who you really are, we invite you and your Holy Spirit this morning to come woo us yet again and help us to fall in love with you and who you are in Jesus Christ in some new way this morning. And it's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. Last Sunday evening, a group of us went out caroling for some of our neighbors who live nearby. We went uh, down Plum Street a little ways, and then we retraced our steps. It was icy, and we had to hold on to each other to make sure that we didn't fall down. And then eventually we went up Sherman Street here and got up to the corner of Sherman and Orange and started singing to some of the homes nearby. And it's right at that, one, that moment that suddenly a woman who was right in the middle of the crosswalk between Sherman, on Sherman Street, walking her dog, suddenly stopped in her tracks. She looked at us and then she loudly exclaimed so that all of us could hear, I didn't know that people did this anymore. I didn't know that people went out and sang for each other anymore. And later on, when we passed her by and went into the laundromat, I send you a picture of all of us traipsing through the laundromat, singing together. Later on, a couple of you told me that you saw her wiping away tears. She was so deeply moved by simply hearing us sing for her that evening. And ever since then, I've been asking myself, what is it that motivates us to keep on doing faith practices like this? Singing for each other. Practices that are becoming extinct and disappearing in our world. Why do we do this? I mean, we all know that we could have blanketed our neighborhood instead with a mass Christmas mailing, right? We've received those. Or we could have called everyone with robo-carols. That would have been personal. Or we could have filled everybody's email inbox with targeted messages of holiday greetings, constant carols. So friends, what is it that still inspires us to keep on physically showing up for others, not just in our caroling, but in a hundred different ways in this church? Why do we do this? We do this because this is what God has done for us in Jesus Christ. Showed 
up physically. And so, friends, if you go home this morning and you remember only one thing, let it be this. Christmas really is about presence. P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E. It's really about presence. And this morning we are celebrating again the awesome mystery that the God who created our universe of a hundred billion galaxies, let that blow your mind, and we're in just one of those 100 billion galaxies, that the God who created all of this came to us in the little child born in Bethlehem. Wow. And His name is Emmanuel. God with us. And friends, that with, that with, may be the most important preposition in our faith. Not God at us. Not God over us. God with us. And some of us who are old enough remember a With magazine in our Mennonite family. And this morning, your preacher finally got what it means. <laughs> I always wonder, what, what is a magazine called With? Friends, in our increasingly virtual world, this Emmanuel principle, God with us, may have more witnessing power than ever before. Just ask that lady walking her dog. May the day never come at East Chestnut where we say that showing up for others has become optional or has gone out of style. Because this Emmanuel principle, God with us, embodiment, incarnation, is at the very core and nucleus of our faith. Why do we keep on showing up for others? We do this because God did. That's why. And this morning, both our Isaiah and our Matthew passages rivet our attention on the one who will be called Emmanuel. And in Romans 1-2, we hear that Christ's coming to be with us is the keeping of a promise that the prophets have been making for centuries. But before we reflect more deeply on the mystery of God's incarnation, I want us first to connect with this personally. And I want each and every one of us this morning to remember a time in our own lives when the physical presence of another sister or brother touched our lives like never before. Perhaps bringing us a warm meal after a surgery or the arrival of a child. Maybe coming to pray with us 
when we felt shattered and full of sorrow. Maybe coming and pressing some money in our hand when we were broke and we needed help. Maybe reaching out to us when we felt especially vulnerable or isolated. Ever felt that way? Someone comes and hugs you and there's healing. Or maybe holding our hand in the hospital when we felt terrified. Experiences like this show us that in our hour of need, there's nothing, nothing, nothing like someone being physically present with us. And these experiences help us to appreciate and to fall in love with the God revealed to us in Jesus Christ. And friends, just let yourself this morning fall in love with the God revealed to us in Jesus Christ a little bit more this morning. As our Bible says so lyrically, and we're going to hear this again on Christmas Eve, the Word becomes flesh. Tabernacles among us in Jesus. God is embedded among us in the vulnerable child of a poor peasant woman laid in a manger in some forgotten village. What an improbable story of how God chooses to come be with us. And ponder this. God so loves us that God is willing to enter fully into every single aspect of our human reality. The warmth of Joseph's arms, the nourishment of Mary's breasts, but also the vulnerability of sleeping in a cold stable, the screaming pain of circumcision, the terror of a king's approaching death squad, and soon the great anxiety of becoming a refugee and illegal alien in Egypt. And because because our Lord has experienced all of this, every aspect of our human reality, the beauty and the brokenness, the pain and the joy, our Lord is able fully to sympathize with us. Nobody knows the trouble we've seen. Nobody but Jesus. And He reveals to us a God who doesn't just want to save us, but also to be with us and in intimate relationship with us. This past week, it's been a, just a joy to think about all the ways that this Emmanuel principle, this incarnational faith, is being lived out here in this body at East Chestnut Street Mennonite Church. 
Let me just list a couple things and maybe you might want in the sharing time to add some more to this list. Folks hosting a night at the winter shelter for women and children. Caroling for our neighbors. Meeting with each other during the week for heart-to-heart sharing. Sunday school classes, rallying for a person in crisis. And tomorrow downstairs, sharing a meal with our neighbors from the east side of Lancaster. Friends, in our increasingly virtual world, our being present with others is the most precious gift that we can give. And for the followers of Jesus, showing up to be with them can never be optional. We do this because this is what God did in Jesus Christ. And one of the things that over the years, as I continue to live with this Christmas story that I notice is how God chooses to enter into our world through those who offer themselves as physical spaces where Jesus can be born. Last year, our scriptures focused on how this happened so beautifully in the life and in the womb of Mary. And this year, our Gospel readings focus on how this also happens in the life of Joseph. I loved our little skit here this morning. You know, for the longest time I thought our Bible only had one Joseph the Dreamer. But we actually have two Joseph the dreamers in the Bible. Of course, Joseph, the son of Jacob and Rachel, but also Joseph of Nazareth, who has four different dreams in Scripture. We hear about one of them this morning, and then in Matthew 2, we hear about three more dreams. And friends, it is Joseph's responsiveness, receptivity, listening carefully to the Holy Spirit through angels and dreams and holy whispers in the night that opens up a safe place, space in our world for Jesus to be born and then to be raised. Ponder this. Ponder this. God needs Joseph to marry his pregnant fiancée and not to stone her and her unborn child in her womb as the Holy Scriptures require. God needs Joseph, 
to protect this vulnerable child from Herod's murderous soldiers and to shelter him in faraway Egypt. God needs Joseph to raise Jesus up to be a good and faithful Jew and thus to fulfill all that the prophets have foretold. And above all, our Heavenly Father needs Joseph to be the earthly father of Jesus, to be the father who will choose to love him rather than to despise the one who is not of his own flesh and blood. To be the earthly father whom this gurgling little child will first call Abba. Jesus probably said that first to Joseph. Abba. Joseph and Mary, I believe, model what discipleship and kingdom living are all about. Making room in our lives for the life of God. And offering our bodies as physical spaces where God can be present with and for others. And friends, in our increasingly virtual world, why do we keep on showing up for others like this? We do this because God did. And we also do it because God now does want to do this through us. The incarnation of God continues through us to the world. And like Joseph, it's our responsiveness, our listening to the Holy Spirit that guides us to be the place where God can happen for others. In the week ahead, how might you be the place where God can happen for someone else around you? Where God can be present in some new way. We now want to enter into a time of anointing. And even if you choose not to come forward for anointing, the singing that we do together will be part of God's healing flowing in and through our congregation today. So we're going to be singing some beloved Christmas hymns together. All are welcome to come forward today, including our youth and our children. Glenn and Danette and Nancy and myself will be stationed at the four corners of the congregation. And as always, we will be offering anointing for those who seek God's healing in our body or mind or spirit or circle of relationships. Or perhaps 
to be anointed for healing on behalf of someone else. But today, in light of our worship focus, we will also be offering anointing for those of us who seek a deeper and fuller sense of God's presence in our lives here today. So when you come to us, we will ask you, what is it that you seek from God? And then you are welcome to name your need. Name your need for God's healing or God's presence in your life. Amen.